This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when exhaustion and depression stop you in your tracks? After her own experience, Pastor Juanita Rasmus learned how to be with God and herself all over again. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Isaiah chapter 15 through Isaiah chapter 16. Isaiah chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. The Lord will judge Moab. This is an oracle about Moab. Indeed, in a night it is devastated. Ar of Moab is destroyed. Indeed. In a night, it is devastated. Kir of Moab is destroyed. They went up to the temple. The people of Dibon went up to the high places to lament because of what happened to Nebo and Mediba. Moab wails. Every head is shaved bare. Every beard is trimmed off. In their streets, they wear sackcloth on their roofs. And in their town squares, all of them wail. They fall down weeping. The people of Heshbon and Eliela cry out. Their voices are heard as far as Jahaz. For this reason, Moab's soldiers shout in distress. Their courage wavers. My heart cries out because of Moab's plight. And for the fugitives stretched out as far as Zor and Eglath, Shalishaya. For they weep as they make their way up the ascent of Luchith. They loudly lament their demise on the road to Horonaim. For the waters of Nimrim are gone. The grass is dried up. The vegetation has disappeared. And there are no plants. For this reason, what they have made and stored up, they carry over the stream of the poplars. Indeed, the cries of distress echo throughout Moabite territory. Their wailing can be heard in Iglaim and Bir Elim. Indeed, the waters of Diamond are full of blood. Indeed, I will heap even more trouble on Diamond. A lion will attack the Moabite fugitives and the people left in the land. Isaiah chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. Send rams as tribute to the ruler of the land, from Selah in the wilderness, to the hill of daughter Zion. At the fords of the Arnon, the Moabite women are like a bird that flies about when forced from its nest. Bring a plan. Make a decision. Provide for some shade in the middle of the day. Hide the fugitives. Do not betray the one who tries to escape. Please let the Moabite fugitives live among you. Hide them from the destroyer. 
Certainly the one who applies pressure will cease. The destroyer will come to an end. Those who trample will disappear from the earth. Then a trustworthy king will be established. He will rule in a reliable manner. This one from David's family. He will be sure to make just decisions and will be experienced in executing justice. We have heard about Moab's pride, their great arrogance, their boasting pride and excess, but their boastful claims are empty. So Moab wails over its demise. They all wail. Completely devastated, they moan about what has happened to the raisin cakes of Kir Hareseth. For the fields of Heshbon are dried up, as well as the vines of Sibma. The rulers of the nations trample all over its vines, which reach Jazir, and spread to the wilderness. Their shoots spread out and cross the sea. So I weep along with Jazir over the vines of Sibma. I will saturate you with my tears, Heshbon and Eliele. For the conquering invaders shout triumphantly over your fruit and crops. Joy and happiness disappear from the orchards, and in the vineyards no one rejoices or shouts. No one treads out juice in the wine vats. I brought the joyful sounds to an end. So my heart constantly sighs for Moab, like the strumming of a harp. My inner being sighs for Kir Hareseth. When the Moabites plead with all their might at their high places and enter their temples to pray, their prayers will be ineffective. This is the message the Lord previously announced about Moab. Now the Lord makes this announcement. Within exactly three years, Moab's splendor will disappear. Along with all her many people, there will be only a few insignificant survivors left. Isaiah chapter 19 through Isaiah chapter 20. Isaiah chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. The Lord will judge Egypt. This is an oracle about Egypt. Look, the Lord rides on a swift moving cloud and approaches Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him. The Egyptians lose their courage. I will provoke civil strife in Egypt. Brothers will fight with one another, as will neighbors, cities, and kingdoms. The Egyptians will panic, and I will confuse their strategy. They will seek guidance from the idols and from the spirits of the dead, from the pits used to conjure up underworld spirits, and from the magicians. I will hand Egypt over to a harsh master, a powerful king will rule over them, says the sovereign lord of heaven's armies. The water of the sea will be dried up, and the river will dry up and be empty. The canals will stink. The streams of Egypt will trickle and then dry up. The bulrushes and reeds will decay, along with the plants by the mouth of the river. All the cultivated land near the river will turn to dust and be blown away. The fishermen will mourn and lament. All those who cast a fish hook into the river and those who spread out a net on the water's surface will grieve. Those who make clothes from combed flax will be embarrassed. Those who weave will turn pale. Those who make cloth will be demoralized. All the higher workers will be depressed. The officials of Zolan are nothing but fools. Pharaoh's wise advisors give stupid advice. How dare you say to Pharaoh, I am one of the sages, one well-versed in the writings of the ancient kings. But where, oh where, are your wise men? Let them tell you. Let them find out what the Lord of Heaven's armies has planned for Egypt. The officials of Zoan are fools. The officials of Memphis are misled. The rulers of her tribes lead Egypt astray. The Lord has made them undiscerning. They lead Egypt astray in all she does, so that she is like a drunk sliding around in his own vomit. Egypt will not be able to do a thing, head or tail, shoots or stalk. At that time, the Egyptians will be like women. They will tremble in fear because the Lord of Heaven's armies brandishes his fist against them. The land of Judah will humiliate Egypt. Everyone who hears about Judah will be afraid because of what the Lord of Heaven's armies is planning to do to them. 
At that time, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of heaven's armies. One will be called the city of the sun. At that time, there will be an altar for the Lord in the middle of the land of Egypt, as well as a sacred pillar dedicated to the Lord at its border. It will become a visual reminder in the land of Egypt of the Lord of heaven's armies. When they cry out to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a deliverer and defender who will rescue them. The Lord will reveal himself to the Egyptians and they will acknowledge the Lord's authority at that time. They will present sacrifices and offerings. They will make vows to the Lord and fulfill them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking and then healing them. They will turn to the Lord and he will listen to their prayers and heal them. At that time, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will visit Egypt and the Egyptians will visit Assyria. The Egyptians and Assyrians will worship together. At that time, Israel will be the third member of the group along with Egypt and Assyria and will be a recipient of blessing in the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies will pronounce a blessing over the earth, saying, Blessed be my people Egypt, and the work of my hands Assyria, and my special possession Israel. Isaiah chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. The Lord revealed the following message during the year in which King Sargon of Assyria sent his commanding general to Ashdod, and he fought against it and captured it. At that time, the Lord announced through Isaiah, son of Amoz, Go remove the sackcloth from your waist and take your sandals off your feet. He did as instructed and walked around in undergarments and barefoot. Later the Lord explained, In the same way that my servant Isaiah has walked around in undergarments and barefoot for the past three years as an object lesson, an omen pertaining to Egypt and Cush, so the king of Assyria will lead away the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, both young and old. They will be in undergarments and barefoot with the buttocks exposed. The Egyptians will be publicly humiliated. Those who put their hope in Cush and took pride in Egypt will be afraid and embarrassed. At that time, those who lived on the coast will say, Look what has happened to our source of hope, to whom we fled for help, expecting to be rescued from the king of Assyria. How can we escape now? This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, thank you for your word. Sobering, sobering reminders, oh God. You are a holy God who calls us to worship you alone. Would you help us, oh God, to be people who take seriously your judgment? You are the lion and the lamb. You are the alpha and the omega, oh God. It is not enough to only see you in one dimension, emphasizing your compassion and your grace and your love to the exclusion of holiness and the calls to obedience in singular devotion, oh God, would you help us to see you uh, as you have revealed yourself in the word, oh God? Would you help us to know that you indeed, oh Lord God, are compassionate. You are gracious, oh God, every time. Oftentimes when we see judgment oracles or we see promises of your judgment coming to pass, oh God, we see examples of your compassion and your mercy breaking forth in the midst of that judgment, oh God, not fully giving us everything that we deserve, oh God. I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your grace. Would you help us not to trample upon your grace? Would you help us, oh God, not to prevail upon um, or take for granted your compassion and your loving kindness, oh God, because you truly are a God of justice. You truly are the judge of all the earth, oh God. And you will indeed repay evil. You will indeed repay sin. And I thank you that you made a way of escape from judgment for us. And I thank you that you did that by sending your son, Jesus Christ, 
to the life that we were unable to live in and of ourselves, O Lord God. And I thank you that he died, the gruesome death that he died, so that we could be brought in. He was buried, and then he rose again on the third day with all power in his hand, O God. And now those of us who believe on Jesus Christ have eternal life, and we can escape the judgment, the eternal judgment that is reserved for all those who are disobedient to God, all those who deny Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior God. I thank you, Lord, that those of us who do proclaim the truth of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and soon return, will pass through the judgment because of the righteousness of Christ. And I pray for those who have not yet come into the fold. God, I pray for revival. I pray, O oh God, that, that you, O oh God, would save, heal, and deliver. That you would send messengers, O oh God. The harvest is ripe and ready. I pray, O oh God, that you would send messengers to preach your gospel so that nobody will miss glory, Lord. Do it. I know nothing is too hard for you. Your arms are not too short, O oh God, to save and to deliver. Would you please begin and continue to draw all people unto you. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Juanita Rasmus experienced what she called the crash and what her counselor labeled a major depressive episode. This landed Juanita, a busy pastor, mother, and community leader, in bed. When everything in her life finally came to a stop, she found that she had to learn to be with herself and with God all over again. If you are longing for a trustworthy companion through dark days, this book is for you. Each chapter includes life-giving spiritual practices to help you discover your own new ways of being. Get your copy of Learning to Be at ivpress.com and as a listener of this podcast you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code the word that's promo code t-h-e-w-o-r-d at ivpress.com we pray this time of getting the word with truth table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word but doers Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.